Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You can feel the passion, the emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds are European champions. Hey BVB-Fans, welcome to Believe in Borussia. This is Tilo, your host, and I welcome you to the first podcast in 2022, number 31 altogether. Happy you're back, happy we're back. I hope you missed us, and we have a good one for you today. So it's been a minute since the last time you've heard me here, and you were probably wondering what the heck was going on. Well, I was away, I had a lot going on. There's also this pandemic thing a couple of personal things but mostly being that away thing and i actually was in germany not only in germany in dortmund and i caught some games and i caught up with some friends so amazing who you can find during a pandemic at a borussia dortmund game in december but uh yeah shout out to our friends down in thailand uh, the borussia dortmund fan club there they had people in the stadium believe it or not I also saw BBB Mexico. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch up. But if anybody's listening in, then uh, a belated shout out from this point to you. And also hats off. I know this is an amazing logistical challenge in these days. And, you know, showing your support and getting there. Um, kudos for that. But um, what else did I do? Well, I caught up with some friends locally as well. And track down some of the historic sites from Borussia Dortmund. So yes, there will be more BBB history content coming very, very soon. Um, I was able to yeah, see some new things there where when you get to the Borsigplatz area, there is a couple of new elements happening. So when you ever get to Dortmund and have a chance, definitely go to the North City, go to Borsig Square, get off a train, uh, walk a few steps toward the Wildschutz, which is the pub where Borussia Dortmund was founded. And you will see some cool new things happening there in that street so um but i'll probably get into that at a later episode today we will focus on what's laying immediately ahead but before we do that there is just one quick word i need to get um off over to you because even or still in 2022 bet online is our partner and they remain the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 so new year and new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up today and receive still your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So just use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started and good luck. And since you, our loyal listeners, had to wait quite a bit for us to come back with some fresh content for you, we are going to start off the new year with a bang and with a great guest that we're having today to talk about the upcoming game because we're going to kick things off with none other than Ian Paul Joy. And most of you in the US might know him from his playing days at Real Salt Lake and the Portland Timbers and his rich broadcasting repertoire. He has hosted, I think, the FIFA World Cup on Fox in 2018. Um... Lots of MLS stuff, the voice of NYCFC. Currently, of course, is the host on CBS for the Champions League. So if you're watching Champions League, and chances are you do, if you're following this podcast, then you know him. But what you may not know is he's a great friend of the German game. Ian is 
a German soccer fan. And even better, he's a former San Pauli ace. So there's no one better to talk shop before the upcoming San Pauli Borussia Dortmund Cup match. Enjoy. I'm here with Ian Paul. And Ian, thanks so much for coming on to Believe in Borussia. Um, for those of you who don't know Ian, and there should be very few, but still, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do in the game of soccer? Well, you must not forget the last name, right? Joy is the most important name. When you say Ian Paul, I remember when I first went to Germany at uh, Hasbal, they put Ian Paul Joy in the back of my jersey. And my mother was like, why did they put Ian Paul in the back of your jersey? Because that's my full name. And then I said, no, no, just it should be Joy because that's the family name. So I got to tell you, first and foremost, Ian Paul Joy is my full name. And uh, of course, Joy was the last name on the back of my jersey playing for St. Pauli. But doing very well. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Um, I know you're doing great things and obviously following your uh, crazy club, it's, uh, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it absolutely is. And um, yes, you just touched on it. And first of all, apologies for admitting the most important part, the joy, because um, I think <laughs> it describes you pretty well too in everything you do. Um, but yeah, you've been, you know, playing in Germany for Hamburg and St. Pauli amongst others. And then obviously also elsewhere in Europe and in the MLS for um, our American fans out there. And mm -hmm. we are facing up yeah, with a very special German club, I want to say, San Pauli. And mm -hmm. I guess the exposure in the US is maybe a little less than you know, some of the other big German clubs. So mm -hmm. you've been there and you've been at actually at both Hamburg clubs, which is also kind of wild. What mm -hmm. makes it special to you? to be at San Pauli? What is, what is it about the club? Well, it's a big question. Yeah. And it might take me a while to answer this one. Okay, to, to make it short, um, when I first went over to Germany, I was 22 years old and I was playing for Hasva Amatura. And uh, so the amateur side, under 23 side. And um, on the weekends, I was lucky because San Pauli would always play on a Friday night when the... Um, when HSV's under 23 side would play on a Sunday. So on a Friday night, I would go watch every single San Pauli game. And uh, I went to my first one and it attracted me to continue to go back and go back and go back. And at that point, they were in the Regional Liga, the third division San Pauli, when I first went there. This was early 2000s. And the stadium was sold out, 20,000 fans, same city, obviously in Hamburg. Um, but it's in the red light district of Hamburg. And obviously Hamburg has two different faces. You have this wealthy side and a bit more of a posh side. And then you have this dark, grimy pirate side, which is where St. Pauli's located. And that's where I felt most at home. And I used to go watch every single St. Pauli game. Haswell did not know this, but I was going to watch all the St. Pauli games. And I fell in love with the club pretty quickly. And uh, when I had the opportunity, obviously recognizing I, I wasn't going to make my way into to Hamburg's first team, um, that I needed to look to play first team football elsewhere. And there was only one option that I wanted to play for, and that was San Pauli. And at that point, they were still in the third division and they were looking to go up. And um, I managed to help them do that. But the culture, it's, it's mainly a culture. The, the supporters, they use uh, soccer as a, a platform to protest um, um, against discrimination of all kinds, racism, homophobia, facism, of course, uh, to name a few. And um, 
it's it's somewhere where I felt like it was just my kind of people and and where I felt that I could give my best and and be welcomed the most and they also love the fighting attitude and spirit if you give a hundred percent on and off the field for some poly you're always welcome you will always be loved and and that's where I felt like it was home for me so an amazing club um and obviously I was very very lucky to have been there a, a very important time in the history of the club as well so uh, very blessed and I'm excited obviously to play against Dortmund in the in the cup it's going to be a fun game and right now with Sao Paulo playing very well and uh, it's fight Bundesliga second Bundesliga it's it's going to be a good game hopefully I I expect as much to be fair because Sao Paulo is just one of those clubs right there are some low division teams and i think that what makes the the cup the german cup so special um mm -hmm. that it pairs sometimes you know teams that may have fallen out of favor a little bit with the high gods of soccer but you know the kaiserslautans uh and even mm -hmm. the san paulis or something like that but then on one special night you know when the floodlights are brightest um the 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 fans and everyone remembers around the club you know what they actually can do yeah absolutely but it's, it's special, special. Yeah, that special energy. And and just to reiterate, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I thought I read you're from San Diego originally. Yes. So I was born in San Diego and moved to Scotland. My mother is Scottish. I moved to Scotland when I was three years old. Okay. And uh, then I left home at 15 to start playing professional soccer. I went to England for five years and then I went to Germany and, and, and I spent oh, just, on, just short of five years in Germany. Um, and it was always my dream. When I, when I was younger, I I, um, I was playing for the U.S. national team uh, under 17s, and we went to Germany. We went to believe it or not, we went to Dortmund to play against Dortmund's Amateurva side. Uh, we played against two or three other local professional teams, Schalke being one of them. And um, I actually went to watch Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich on that trip. And and it just made me fall in love with, with German football and fall in love with German culture, the fans. And what grabbed me more than anything else was the passion that the fans had for football. I couldn't believe it. It was just remarkable. And at that point, Dortmund were um, um, obviously champions of Europe. And, um, you know, I had uh, a good uh, friend of mine, Jovan Kirovsky, who was at Dortmund at the time. And um, there was also, you know, a number of Scottish players who have played for Borussia Dortmund as well, Murdo McLeod and, and Paul Lambert. And at that point, Paul Lambert was in the, in the team. So I watched as many games as I could. And I was just amazed that Paul Lambert could go from Motherwell, a small Scottish team, to Borussia Dortmund, this giant of Europe. And it made me believe in my dream just that little bit more. And being in Dortmund, watching a game at the Westfalen, I fell in love with football even more. So I knew at some point in my career, I wanted to play in Germany and I managed to make it happen. Wow, yeah, I did not know that. And I was just thinking, man, Hamburg, San Pauli versus San Diego, that's a bit of a culture shock. But from Scotland, I can see that, mm -hmm. you know, the griminess, the roll up your sleeves, blue color type of attitude, or Sometimes rough yep. weather with, you know, but hard in the right spot type of thing. I can totally yep. see that. So, yeah. And wow. I mean, Dortmund Bayern 98. I think that's that's a one that game went 1 1 and was pretty heated at fear. Uh, fair. Um, I think it was the one where Mateos uh, uh, swiped famously Andy Muller's tears away. It's kind of like <laughs> a knee moment. So, yeah, you, you, you picked a good one there. And um, yeah, we, we just talked about passion and, and, and culture. 
I think that's something, right, that stands out across the board and probably for teams like San Pauli and Dortmund even more, which makes that pairing even more interesting, I think. Um, because, yeah, you do have yeah. this extreme, this culture, this, this commitment, this passion. It's more than, like you said, than just a club. It's a platform. It's part of, you know, your, your, your daily routine. Yes. And then there's also a lack of alternatives in Germany, really, when it comes to sports. It's like soccer, and it's soccer, and it's more soccer, soccer, soccer. And then maybe, I don't know, at yep. some point, Formula One for some, or ice hockey, or tennis. But there's really nothing, you know, nothing else. So, um, and yeah, Sao Paulo is on a roll, for those who don't know. They're sitting in first place right now in, in the second division. And I hope they can, um, you know, make a strong challenge and even come up to the first league again because they are just a fun club. And I hope we have fans back by then because that's a big part of, you know, what teams like yeah. Sao Paulo do, like Dortmund do, or even Union or something like that. We're just missing. It's just a big part of the German game and um, we really need yeah. it. The clubs really need it. You can just tell there's, um, yeah, a lack of energy and, and performance at times when these clubs don't have their following. So, so we pitted against each other right now. What do you think? How's the game going to go? Well, it's a big one. Oh, and because you know, some sorry, just to intervene too, but um, and you're playing Hamburg on the weekend, which is basically the game of the year too. So it's a big week. How do you approach Dortmund with this? Yeah. It is a big week, and after the weekend where we tied against our, um, I think there was, you know, the eye and the focus on the big week that's coming up, of course, against Dortmund in the cup, and then against Hasfa uh, in the derby. And it's it's only days later because you play on the Tuesday against Dortmund, and then on the Friday, believe it or not, against Hasfa. So this is one of the biggest weeks in the club's history, and you know the the history of this competition for St. Pauli is so important. And again, I mentioned my history with the team uh, having a cup run uh, in the German Cup going all the way to the semifinal raised a lot of money for Sao Paulo. And uh, they managed to, to keep themselves away from liquidation and, and save money to start a process of building a club again. So the German Cup means so much to Sao Paulo. They are 100% focused on winning games. They're 100% focused on giving their best effort to try and get to the next round. Um, of course, the focus will be on the derby the following weekend because it is a game where Hasbao are, are, are sitting not too far behind Zampali in its second division table. But Zampali will focus on Dortmund 110%. And like you said, I hope the fans were in attendance, will be in attendance. Um, I don't think it will be full capacity, but hopefully it can be close. Um, I think it's going to be a great occasion. If the fans are in attendance, it gives some Pauli a real opportunity because the fans bring that 12th man. They bring that extra energy, similar to what you see in Dortmund when you have the yellow wall. You have your home support. You have that extra push, that extra energy. And that is what some Pauli need to be able to have any chance against Dortmund. Dortmund play well. They, they will beat some Pauli, no doubt about it. But you've got to try and find a way, trying to bring energy, bring aggression, uh, bring attitude, uh, be a little bit violent on the field. And, and I'll tell you this from personal experience. You know, I played against Bayern in the, the German Cup and the only way we had a chance to, to get close to them was to be aggressive. And we must not forget that the coach right now of San Pauli is Timo Schultz, who famously went to the semifinal of the German Cup as well. And he is uh, also someone who knows this system, who knows how to get the best out of uh, his people, his players. And in competition, he has that experience. So I think you're going to see a, 
a very aggressive, very committed Sao Paulo side who will bring energy, will bring intensity. They won't worry about the derby game that's coming on Friday. They will focus on Dortmund. But at the end of the day, if Dortmund play their game, if they manage to play football and they manage to create chances, which they always seem to do, um, they they will win this game. So Pauli have to find a way to... Yeah, I agree. That. I think it's for Dortmund, it's a game... It's a lose-lose situation, really, because if you win that game, clearly people are like, well, you're Dortmund, you know, like you're playing Champions League as a second division team. You need to beat them. Um, no big deal if you did. But obviously, if you don't, then it's like, how can you lose to these guys, you know? Um, and obviously, in modern football, where people move around quite a lot, um, some of these players might not be so familiar what it means and, you know, in terms of also fans, culture, clubs, background in yeah, what San Pauli can bring to the table. And I, I, I also expect, fully expect a very uh, highly motivated and physical approach, um, which is unfortunately exactly what Dortmund sometimes lacks <laughs> or doesn't do so well with. Um, so that makes for, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes for an interesting game that I don't think is a foregone conclusion. And I'm pretty sure you still keep tabs on San Pauli and probably know some people in the staff. Like, what's the mood around the club right now? Is it is it like super focused? Is it like joyous? Do they consider it like, oh, this is an add-on, or like, no, we want to, we want both. We want to win, and then we need to win in the league and keep the, yeah, um, yeah, keep Hamburg as bay. Yeah, I actually spoke to the head coach Timo Schultz uh, maybe three weeks ago. He was in uh, quarantine maybe four weeks ago, just before um, Christmas. He was in quarantine because he had uh, unfortunately caught COVID, so he he wasn't able to be around his team. So we were talking. Um, um, about obviously the players we were talking about how well he is doing personally um, he was asking for some advice and obviously Sampoli has a, a tremendous connection to the United States and all of the fan clubs that they have here in the US so we're planning some events hopefully in the future uh, in 2022 and potentially 23 for Sampoli to come visit um, and it's great to connect again you know this is a former teammate of mine um, who is now the man in charge of San Pauli. And he is, he, he told me that he cannot believe how good the team is. He cannot believe how well organized, um, how much fun he is having. And um, obviously the excitement that is in amongst the club being top of the table, it's great. But you're also a target when you're number one in a second Bundesliga, which in my opinion is very close to the championship in England for being the most competitive second division in world football it's crazy the amount of teams and, and big teams that are in the second division this year is unbelievable and there's a real fight to get to the bundesliga this year some Pauli hope to get there they hope to do their best they hope to have success they hope to win games they hope to stay um in the first two places but it's not everything for St. Pauli. And I think people need to realize that playing in the first division would be very, very nice. But St. Pauli is more than just football, as you mentioned earlier on. It is also a religion to many people. It's a political statement to many people. And it's a platform for a lot of people. So it's not just about football for St. Pauli. But I think it would be very, very good for the club to get to the first Bundesliga. It's where the club is trying to go. And they're doing it the right way. Over the last 15 years, they've gone away from uh, financial troubles. They have managed to build a fantastic stadium. Um, and like I mentioned before, I don't think it's going to be a lot of fans in the stadium for the Dortmund game. But 
it's a shame because when it's when it's packed, it's twenty five thousand crazy St. Pauli fans, and uh, with Dortmund fans, that would make for a great atmosphere. Um, but they're building the stadium uh, the right way. They're building the team the right way. They've uh, they've got some experience in there. Guido Bergstaller, obviously, former Schalke player. It'll be an opportunity for him to get one over Dortmund. He's doing very well for St. Pauli. Um, we hope that he is uh, available and ready to go against Dortmund. Um, and he's been scoring a lot of goals this year. So that type of experience mixed with a lot of young players for St. Pauli this year creates excitement. And... What you're seeing is a very good product on the field because the guys are having fun, the coaches are having fun, the fans are having fun. So it's a dangerous time for Dortmund to go to St. Pauli. I agree. Very dangerous they time. should take this very, very seriously and yeah, be, be on the lookout from minute one. Outside of Burgstaller, what, who's a player to watch for you? Well, they've got a number of great players. Uh, Pacarada is one who plays left-back for them. He's been really impressive uh, getting forward from the left-back position. Uh, a lot of assists this season. He's been very creative. Um, I, I like uh, Jackson Irvine as well. He's an Australian kid who came from the Scottish League. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was playing for Hibernian before he went to St. Pauli. He's caught my attention because he's, he's kind of a cool guy. He's, he's a fun guy to watch play. Um, and I think that obviously we're a little bit unfortunate that Coffier won't be there. He's uh, at the African Cup of Nations. Um, he's been scoring a lot of goals for St. Pauli this year as well, but also being very, very creative for Pauli. So it's a shame we won't have him available to help uh, the team against uh, Dortmund. But I think, um, I think what you're going to see more than anything is um, a very compact team. They're going to stay organized at the back. Um, there's a lot of youth in the midfield, which will be uh, fun to watch. Um, and I mentioned before, Jackson Irvine, Eric Smith played very well at the weekend, uh, Swedish player. Um, th they're doing a great job, Pauli. They have these young players between 22 and 26 years old who are just bringing energy. And then you have that experience with, obviously, a Bergstaller who really helps. And um, having that experience is, is so important when you have uh, young players who need to, at times to be kept in check. You need to have leadership. And they've done a really tremendous job of, uh, of doing that. Um, but I, I'm really intrigued to see how uh, the starting 11 is going to look because, as you mentioned, the Derby is on the Friday. We must not forget that. It's a very, very big game. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see where we go. Um, one other player I'd like to mention is Christopher Buchmann. He's um, a little bit older. He's about 29 years old now. Uh, plays in the number 10 position for Pauli. Um, another player who's a real creator. He's dangerous. Didn't play a great game at the weekend, so I expect him to have a big game uh, against Dortmund and, and hopefully in the derby against Hartsfall. So left back, number 10, and obviously Burkstaller up top, but then watch out for Jackson Irvine. He brings a great deal of character in midfield. Well, I hope he doesn't, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they all get sucked in by the moment. And... Uh... Yeah, fail to put the horses on the pitch, um, but I doubt it, unfortunately, and I doubt it. And yeah, to to your point, let's see about the fans. Um, for those who have never been in Hamburg, um, San Pauli and the Schanze, it's it's like a very lively area normally, and the stadium is in the middle of it, as Ian mentioned. And it's it's a little bit, I think, for a player. And correct me if I'm wrong, something like you know, like 
when you go to MSG, like it's in the heart of the city, it's just bustling. It's not some arena that's like 50 minutes out of the city, just like, you know, slammed into the mud. No, it's right there. The energy sort of like goes into the stadium. It's more intimidating. It's more of a fortress that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fortress and uh, you're right. It's, it's in the energetic part of Hamburg. Uh, you're right on the Keats. You're right near the Schanze. Um, it, it's a fantastic area for entertainment. Um, and then, of course, you have this uh, football club with a beautiful stadium now that is just uh, so energetic and, and so believing. So this is, uh, this is a great time for St. Pauli. And if you're a St. Pauli fan, it's also a fantastic time. But before I let you go and before we, we finish this, I want to ask you a few questions about Dortmund. I mean, what, what can St. Pauli expect from Dortmund? Do, you, do Dortmund play their strongest team? Uh, do we see Erling Haaland play in this game? Does he rest in this game and maybe come off the bench? Um, and also, I want to know your opinion on uh, Marco Rose and the job that he's doing at Dortmund. Wow. Okay. Um, well, let's start with the team. I think, or in general, you never know what you get with Dortmund, which has unfortunately, I think, been a theme for the last couple of years, even going back to the last days of um, Jurgen Klopp. Um, the team is obviously um, able to do great things, has unbelievable potential, but doesn't have the consistency to always put it together match day after match day. As you could see in Frankfurt, you know, the first half was pretty abyssal. Um, then they pulled it together and pulled out a win. And yeah, the game on, the, uh, on Friday was, you know, a very different affair. Um, Freiburg, obviously a different um, animal this year, has been playing very well but they couldn't put a foot on the ground. So I think it will come down to sort of like the game itself, like how it's started. I expect Dortmund to come out strong for a couple of minutes, but then the question is, can they keep it up, A, and B, will they be able to deal with adversity if it comes? Let's say there's a set piece, which Dortmund has not defended well in the past, and Sampaoli goes ahead. Will they be able to go right back in it, or will they fall apart and need like half an hour to get themselves together? Um, since it's a cup game, Anything can happen. So I, I really think it will come down a little bit to who scores first and then, yeah, how the flow of the game goes. But, yeah, I am. It, it's really hard for me to predict this one because there's so many other factors. In terms of the team and lineup, I expect a strong lineup. And a guy like Erling Haaland does not want to rest. I mean, mm -hmm. if it's up to him, I think he plays everything, anywhere, you know, any minute, whatever table tennis, uh, uh, first team. I think he always wants to play, always wants to win. That makes him who he is. So I expect him fully there. And, you know, he might enjoy the um, sort of like the, the rough and tumble approach, you know, banging a little bit with the center backs. And, you know, we'll all do respect, but obviously he's a world-class, if not the most um, promising talent in world football right now. And he should have some very big advantages in terms of speed and technique uh, versus, you know, the St. Pauli defense. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't see why we wouldn't play him unless he has some issues. Um, center backs, that's always a, our biggest problem is obviously defense. So that remains yeah. to be seen. Kanji becomes fit. What happened to Meunier, you know, goes on to score two goals, has a great game, and then, you know, has to be sub up injured. So, mm. um, Yeah. I think there will be opportunities for Pauli. Let's put it like this anyway, because we probably will have to shake up the defense a little bit. And um, yeah, um, it's not been great. You know, we're conceding way too many goals. So yeah, yeah, I'd be surprised if we get away with a clean sheet, unfortunately. Yeah. Are you impressed with Rosa? <sighs> Verdict's still out. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, when I saw the Frankfurt game, I sort of unfortunately expected kind of like a flat performance like this because from what I gathered during the winter break, which wasn't much from the club, I didn't feel a lot of energy, didn't sense a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, so then I wasn't surprised. And it made me really question rules in the sense that it was like, you know, there was a short winter break, but there was a break. Um, we played very poorly to close out the year. And then we start like that again. Like, I understand that when it's, when it's like in, a, in back-to-back games during, um, you know, midweek games that, that you can't do much. But with a little bit of a break, you know, there's time to prepare. And that's how we come out. Um, that, that sort of like, yeah, made me a little less appreciative in a sense or question him a little because I feel he was, I think he was brought in to address just that, you know, bring more consistency, up that energy again, that preparedness, and then it didn't show. So, but overall, you can also look at it from the other side and say, okay, there was quite a turnover. We lost Sancho, you know, which was an important player. Lots of injuries in the sense, even though not Corona, but just like physical injuries. And all in all, you know, they're sitting in second place, um, the cup games. But yeah, I don't know. I I guess I'm I'm just rambling right now. But the verdict, mm-hmm. it's too early for me to 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 you know to call it. Um, it's been very up and down still. The Champions League was very poor. Uh, the campaign, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. the league we we're, were there, the cup. You know, if it's over tomorrow, then that's also like more or less a disappointing campaign. So things can can change so quickly. I mean, look, you've been in the business long enough. You know, it's a result-driven industry, and mm-hmm. um, like if this week goes bad, then this would also you know be really really difficult for Rosa. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just say I think he has potential. You know, um, to yeah. actually do something there. I, I think he does um, have a clear idea of of what he wants to play. I think he's verbally very astute uh, which is important in a club like Dortmund because you need to play to that emotion um, with the fans with the surrounding with the club to to get the best out of it and I think he has those abilities um, yeah like I said it's just a matter of consistently being able to to get it across and have the team perform and yeah there's still room to improve on that <laughs> yeah well I think it's safe to say that there's a lot of positives to come from the season but you also have some standout negatives obviously the Champions League is a big disappointment um, but then some of the positives has been some of the, the outstanding performers I mean Jude Bellingham has, has really stood out to me this year for Dortmund and uh, put himself into the next level of uh, transfer fee he's become so valuable to the club obviously Erling Haaland has been outstanding I think having Marco Reus uh, healthy has been a real benefit in helping Dortmund but also it's great to see for him personally being healthy um, so there's a lot of positives I think your defence is definitely an issue obviously I mentioned before the Champions League um, has been a big disappointment but um I was going to bring up to you, and I was excited to talk to you about this. Back in 1995, I went to watch Glasgow Rangers against Borussia Dortmund. Now, I know they're facing each other now in the Europa League coming up in February. But I remember going back uh, in 1995, I went to watch Rangers against Dortmund. It was, again, my 
my love for German football, I, I couldn't wait to go watch uh, Andy Muller. He was a, he was one of my favorite players of all time. So as soon as Rangers got drawn against Dortmund, I got a ticket because I wanted to go see Dortmund. And I went back to look at the team that Dortmund had in 1995. And some of the names from those teams, I mean, big names, obviously, that we know now. Uh, Stefan Kloss played in that game. Michael Zork played in that game. Uh, Andy Muller played in that game. Patrick Berger played in that game. Heiko Herli, Karl-Heinz Riedle. I was just blown away by the amount of uh, top players that played for Dortmund back in that day. And I'm really excited, obviously, to see Rangers against uh, Dortmund again now in, in, in Europe. Obviously, it's Europa League, but... It's a, it's a real cool thing to see Dortmund going up against Rangers once again. I love that draw. I mean, the only thing better would have been Celtic, <laughs> but yeah. that obviously yep. wasn't in the cards. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was already looking at flights and, you know, uh, ticket opportunities. It's just so difficult yeah. right now to plan any traveling, um, you know, with the pandemic still going on everywhere. Yeah. Man, if I could be there, I would. I, I'm still, <laughs> I still haven't ruled it out, but it's not looking too promising. <laughs> yeah. It's hard right now to, to book any tickets to go to any games right now. I'm sure all your listeners feel the same. I mean, wanting to go over, watch a game. I was actually planning on being in Hamburg this week because why would I not want to go watch the game against Dortmund and then four days later watch the derby against Hamburg? For me, it was uh, one of the biggest weeks I was looking forward to, but it's just impossible. I mean, you can't plan trips right now because of the testing, because of positive COVID results and... Um, obviously issues trying to get in and out of countries right now it's it's easier sometimes just to stay home and watch it on television rather than be there which is a real shame for all of us who love football absolutely i would love to go to scotland to watch a game there um yeah. you know obviously the scottish game has fallen on some harder times in comparison to you know what it used to be but nevertheless i think there's still a strong uh culture around that and that's what i love about the game most anyway um the, the the culture the 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 relevance you know to the people no matter where I've been in the world um, yep. it always has opened doors and conversations for me and it's just what really fascinates me and I'd love to go to you know to see Dortmund play in, in such an atmosphere in a story club as well yeah um, yeah I, I'll see but I, I totally feel you like I you know I was in Germany right now and I actually had planned to be in Dortmund for you know the beginning of December for a couple of weeks so I could watch. Uh, Bayern, uh, uh, um, the home game against um, Istanbul, because they basically played like four or five home games in a row with one away game in Bochum, which yep. of course I'm going to take all these games and then yep. um, they reduced capacities and everything. I still got lucky. I, I was at the Bayern game and I went to Istanbul, but then I cut it short and, you know, I'm not yep. going to complain. I'm still, that was still a blessing. Many people, as you say, can't travel right now. I've never been there. Um, so. It was still good to be back. And it was funny. Like at the, at the game against Bayern, I actually saw people from the Thailand fan club, from Mexico. So it's, it's, it's amazing to see how it's still, you know, with everything, uh, it's possible to get together and have this like family affair feeling. Yeah. yeah. Sport. So yeah. People are still trying. Speaking of uh, fans and fan clubs, are you going to watch it with the East River Pirates? I won't. I will watch it. Uh, I will watch it on my own. Um, I have been down there. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, when I first moved over, I left Pauli in 2008 to go to Major League Soccer. And, and it was a big decision for me to leave St. Pauli because we were on the way up the ladder. 
But when I came over to America, I couldn't believe how many poly fans there were. It was everywhere I went in DC, in Los Angeles, and um, obviously New York. They, they came from everywhere, all wanting to, to grab a jersey or take a photograph. St. Pauli fans are everywhere. And now it's even bigger here in the United States. It's incredible. So I'm really proud of the job that St. Pauli have done with American supporters in general. Um, and the fan clubs over here um, have continued to grow and grow and grow. And uh, of course, the club is, um, for many people, it's a second division club. They see it as uh, we were sitting in the second division. But outside of the second division, the way the business is run, um, the executives, the supporters, it's all uh, first class. It's all first division. And um, all we need now is the results uh, on the field that supports what is happening off the field because the fan culture and the amount of fans that we have, um, it, it's incredibly popular. So hopefully we can uh, start to, to grow it even more and the team can get more success and eventually we'll be more consistently in the top division because that's what we deserve as fans and, and people around the club. We deserve to see this team uh, being every single year in the first league. But for sure this week, um, I'm going to watch it at home. I like to be away from everyone and uh, scream at my television, good or bad. Um, hopefully I'm celebrating and uh, you're crying. But if not, um, I wish you good luck and uh, I hope it's a great game. <laughs> How about this? I'll make you a deal. Go. We get the cup, but you get the promotion. Yeah, I'll take that, yes. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> Mr. Joy. It is, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I thank you so much uh, for your insights. And yeah, I'm looking forward, or we're looking forward to a great game. Let's hope they give us one. And yeah, I hope to speak and hear you soon. I know I will, uh, obviously, as the voice of NYCFC. Um, also a good year for you, huh? Yes, very good year. Champions of Major League Soccer, very, very good, very happy. Um, things have gone very well. And I've been very busy with CBS for Champions League and Europa League as well, which has been a lot of fun on CBS Sports HQ. So personally, a very good year. Um, and with the NYCFC winning MLS, it was, it was just the perfect finish. Cherry on top. Well, um, yeah, like I said, hopefully I can have you on again and we can chat maybe a little bit more about European soccer as well. But for now, thank you so much for taking time. It was lovely to talk to you. Great insights. And yeah, good luck on Tuesday. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck. And to everybody out there who's following in, thank you very much for your support for German football opinion. The United States continue to put pressure on your networks and make sure you continue to grow German football in America if you're out there listening. And if you're around the world, keep on following your team with a passion. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in again to Believe in Borussia presented by Bet Online. Stay tuned for more black and yellow content soon. And until then, do as Ian says. Support your German soccer. Put pressure on your networks. Follow your team with a passion. And until the next episode, a black and yellow shout out across America. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.